Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome once again to The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. And uh, today, as we begin our Friday program, might sound like a strange question, but do you have an arch enemy? Or maybe you'd rather call them your arch nemesis. <laughs> I hope you don't have one in all actuality. I hope you don't have somebody that falls into that category for you. Most of the time, that arch enemy. It's somebody in some fable or some sort of superhero story. Uh, you know, you have the hero of the story, and then there's the enemy of the story, that enemy that represents all of the things that are bad or evil. You know, Cinderella, she has her wicked stepmother. Little Red Riding Hood, she deals with the big bad wolf. Superman has Lex Luthor. Batman goes up against the Joker. Luke Skywalker, he's pitted against Darth Vader. And in all of those stories, when the evil character looks like they might be close to winning, when the hero of the story appears to be doomed, something happens that allows the hero to triumph finally at the end. And most of the time, the moral of that story is that if you do evil, you'll eventually get your comeuppance. Don't do bad things or don't hang around with bad people. That's the lesson. But not in the story of Star Wars between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. In that story, you actually see a different moral that's communicated. Luke doesn't want revenge or he's not trying to deal out justice to Darth Vader. Rather, in The Return of the Jedi, when you have that final moment there, Luke, he, he wants the best for Vader. He wants to help him come away from the dark side and turn his life around. Vader is trying to either pull Luke into evil, into that dark side of the force, or else he's going to kill him. And in spite of the fact that Luke is that target for Darth Vader, Luke, he wants redemption for Vader. He wants him to leave that dark side and to become Anakin Skywalker again. And even though that redemption, it comes at the very last hour for Darth Vader, it allows him to let go of the hate and the fear and the anger, and he can die in peace. Now, while you and I, we might not have an official arch enemy, we might not have that pure representation of all things bad, we can encounter people who are mean to us, people who want to take advantage of us. We can have somebody who is a bully to us. You might have someone at work who seems to target you, wants to hurt you. A lot of times when you become that target, you might not even know why that other person has it in for you. So what do you do in that sort of situation? How do you respond to them? If something bad happens to them, some sort of bad luck moment hits them, do you find yourself relishing that moment? Do you think to yourself, 
while they obviously had it coming? Or do you feel bad for their misfortune? Do you, kind of like Luke Skywalker, do you still want the best for them, even when they're out to get you, even when they're mean to you? Do you pray for them? That's, that's a hard thing to do, to pray for someone when they're trying to do evil to you. Of course, the most perfect example of this is heard in one of the last things that Jesus says while he's hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we hear those words somewhat echoed by the very first martyr of the church, St. Stephen. When he was being stoned to death, he prayed, Lord, do not hold this sin against them, the people that were actively in the, the, the moment they're killing him. If somebody was trying to kill you, if they wanted you to die, could you say that kind of prayer? Forgive them, Father. Don't hold this sin against them. I hope I could. I hope you could too. Well, today we want to spend this hour talking about how we can follow Jesus' teaching to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. And joining us back here on The Inner Life today as our spiritual director for the hour, Father Craig DeYoung is with us once again. He's a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas. He's the pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin. Father, welcome back to The Inner Life. Uh, So first of all, are you a big fan of Star Wars, or is that something that you just never got into? Uh, Thanks so much, Josh. Yes, I do enjoy Star Wars. I've always uh, enjoyed the stories. I I can't say I've become a fanatic for the stories, but um, I'm well-versed in in at least the movies and uh, even some of the books, I think. Well, and so, you know, that's one of those, uh, there's been a lot of comparisons made to the Star Wars stories, that hero's journey, something that really emulates a lot of Christian themes and uh, kind of that type of a Jesus character that we see there. But in uh, the, the main place that we want to look today is not necessarily Star Wars. We want to look at Jesus's words in his Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about when someone does hurt us. We should turn the other cheek, and then he talks about after that, that uh, what I mentioned just a moment ago, that we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And when we have Jesus talk about that, turn the other cheek, you know, walk the other mile, um, you know, pray for those who persecute you, love your enemies, um, all of these different things that he's talking about. Is there anything that initially stands out to you, kind of grabs your attention in these words, and you say, okay, that, that's, that's the toughest thing, or boy, that's the, that's the point that drives home for me? You know, I, I was thinking as you were talking about all these hero stories um, and this unique story of, um, you know, of, of Star Wars and uh, the theme of redemption for Vader in that, I was thinking the unique theme of, of Christ is that he is the hero who dies for the villain. You know, that our state is such that um, all have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. And then so by sin, we have made ourselves, in a certain sense, enemies of God. And he chooses to die so as to redeem the villain. It's a, it's a very different sort of story. And uh, what sticks out to me in, in the Sermon on the Mount is this phrase here, Um, which is just after what you've quoted a minute ago. So you've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The next uh, phrase here is, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. 
And of course, the Christian journey is that uh, such that um, you know God became man, that man might become God, that that we might enter into the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. And the way we do that is conformity to Christ, that we become one with Him, and we are transformed um, by faith and by baptism, the sacraments, and living a life of of love and mercy into sons and daughters of God. That um, this journey of of giving mercy to our enemies is to become like God, to become his truly his sons and daughters. That we are called to love with Christ's own heart. It's a it's a story about becoming uh, God, uh, one with Him in this great mystery of of the life of the Trinity. And so when I think about this very difficult commandment of the Lord um, to love your neighbor uh, as your you know you love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. It's really about this transformation. It's about becoming Christ and being Christ in the world uh, for others. And that's kind of where my mind went as you were talking. Well, being Christ in the world to others. So as I was thinking about this this morning before walking into the the program here, one of the things that I was looking at, I, I went through, you know, there's that famous phrase, turn the other cheek. That's the one that always gets thrown out there. But Jesus, he gives these other examples associated with that. He says, if anyone would sue you and take your coat, let him also have your cloak, you know, give him the, your shirt, the shirt off your back. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. If Give to the person who begs from you. Uh, do not refuse anything from someone who would borrow from you. So if we do everything that Jesus is saying here, all these different examples, do you think we're going to run the risk of allowing someone to take advantage of us? Or does that kind of become the point that when we don't try and protect ourselves outright, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, that that might be the opportunity where this door is open to possibly change the heart of that person, whoever it is, the one that kind of has it out for us. I, I think that's a really excellent point. I, I was thinking um, in regard to this about how evil sort of escalates, you know, that um, we, we, we see earlier in this scripture, he talks about, you've heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. And, um, you know, that, that law was such as to limit, you know, if someone does something to you, do no more to them than they did to you, uh, limited sort of your wrath that you wouldn't sort of take it out, not just on the person who hurt you, but to take it out on their whole family or their whole tribe or something like that. And the way it sort of works in, in our sort of fallen and wounded human experience is that when someone does wrong to us, um, we don't just sort of retaliate, retaliate equally, it escalates. You know, someone bumps into you and you, you push them back and then they, they swing at you with a fist and maybe you get so angry that you, you try even harder to hurt them and maybe it escalates even to a knife or a gun or and it just kind of grows and grows and grows. And we see this in history and, and you know, a nation does this thing to another nation or a people does this to another people. And it just sort of grows until it becomes all-out war. And when the Lord um, tells us to turn the other cheek, when he tells us uh, not only uh, you know, to walk a mile, but what to walk with too, and if he takes your, your, your coat, let him have your cloak as well, it's a way of stopping evil in its tracks. It's a way of stopping it from escalating. Uh, because if someone does evil to you and you don't respond with evil, you don't escalate it, um, you have just sort of stopped evil from being passed on. You've responded with love to evil, and um, that's an amazing thing. 
And it, I, I remember this just personally in my life. I, I didn't, my mom and I didn't get along very well in uh, our my younger years, and uh, I was just becoming Catholic in college. And I went home, and uh, we would always fight. And I remember very specifically thinking about, you know, I'm not going to respond with anger the next time this sort of happens with my mom. And uh, I, I, I remember uh, us having a fight about something, I don't know about what, and I just sort of paused, I stopped, and instead of my usual retaliation and anger, I just said, um, you know, Mom, you have a point, I want to hear what you have to say. And it changed the entire dynamic of our relationship, and it's just grown to be a beautiful relationship over the years now. Um, but there is a sort of this idea that by doing these things, you stop evil in its tracks, you keep it from escalating and growing, and in fact, you can even win someone's heart um, by choosing to respond to evil with good. So I, I, I love the story you just shared of you and your mother there, and that is an ideal outcome. But I know that there are times where you can have that kind of response to someone, and you can say, I, I, I am going to respond in whatever kind of peaceful manner, or maybe I just won't respond at all. I'm just going to kind of, okay, you did your thing. I'm not going to do anything back. And it doesn't end, or it doesn't have a good resolution. And that person still will try and come after you for whatever reason. And, and as I mentioned at the beginning, we might not even understand why they have us as a target. So in those moments, uh, is there anything more that we can do? Uh, I think it also might be important here too. So these are, I guess this is two different points or two different questions here. You know, there's a difference between having an attitude of retaliation and then as you're saying, Father, that we respond not to, you know, have that let me get back at you attitude. But there's a difference between that and allowing someone to continue to abuse us because no one should remain in a situation where they're actively being abused. Right. And that, that I think, is a, a separate question. Um, you don't always have the power, though, to change that particular situation, which may be another um, caveat to the conversation. But I, I think about, you know, um, pre, as priests, we provide counsel often to couples and sometimes um you know, I'm providing counsel to, to someone who might be in an abusive relationship. And of course, you know, one of the first things we say is that you should remove yourself from um, the occasion of abuse, not to stay in, in that abuse. You know, specifically, we're talking about physical abuse, right? right. And so, there, you know, there are actions we take um, so as not to sort of um, just to be con- continue as victims in this. You know, we can, we can take some steps um, in that way. But in that, uh, we don't want to fall into the occasion of wrath or harboring that unforgiveness or resentment in our hearts, um, because it, it, one, it does harm uh, to us. You know, I, I think I've, I've, I've heard and told people many times that, you know, holding that resentment and the unforgiveness in your heart is a lot like taking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Um, it really does a harm to our own souls, and and so often I, I counsel people um, who are harboring that unforgiveness and and have to work with them um, to to forgive. That doesn't mean pretending that no bad thing has happened. It doesn't mean that um, you minimize um, uh, the hurt or the even the true evil that's taken place. Um, but there is sort of this um, there is sort of this 
need in their own hearts to will the good of the other, to choose um, the good of the other, even when they have done a true wrong to hurt us. And then there's also that balance, as you're saying, of of taking the correct actions to perhaps remove ourselves uh, from that occasion if possible. And where it's not possible, um, not to respond to the evil that's taking place with with evil, right? Um, you know, St. Paul in his letter uh, to the Romans, chapter 12, talks about conquering evil with good. So we don't want to be conquered by evil by giving evil back. You know, that 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 is uh, very much, I think, what the enemy would want of us, that when evil is done to us, that we would do evil, which then imperils our own soul. It, it complicates the matter greatly. Well, so another thing that comes to mind, I mentioned the example of Christ on the cross, and he prays those words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We have St. Stephen, the first martyr of the church, and he says something similar when people are killing him. In those instances, being able to pray that prayer, Father, forgive them, they only have to pray it once, because after that, they've died. There's not the continuing persecution or violence against them. But if we have somebody who we have to interact with every day and we have to go back and continually, that, that can wear down on you. You, you. Do you understand what I'm saying, Father? I think I do. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes I, I think about being a martyr, and I think it might be easy to sort of do that once, but carrying those ongoing burdens, you know, suffering day in and day out, and having to, to pick up that cross daily and follow the Lord um, is, uh, in some ways, it, it might even be more difficult than sort of, you, get it, you do it once and you get it over with. So right, it's just over and yeah. done. Okay, all right. I, I, yeah. prayed, I prayed for him and I don't have to suffer anymore. But yeah, in, in reality, if I have to suffer every single day and I keep on trying to pray for this person, but it just gets exhausting at some point where you're saying, oh, I, I just, why can't this be over? Why can't this just be done? Why does this right. person have to keep on coming after me again and again? And as much as I pray for them, it doesn't seem that there's any change in their attitude or their heart. And yeah, that's the part where I think, oh, you, you have to face that day out, uh, day in and day out. Yes, and you know, I think um, sometimes the challenge is, is we think if we forgive, it's, it is going to change the situation. Sort of, it's going to change this person's heart, and and somehow they're going to change. And when it doesn't, we we sort of think that maybe we've done it wrong, or why is this happening to me, or, or something like that. But I think um, one of the primary things here is not necessarily, though it can change someone else's heart, is that it changes our hearts, um, and that when 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 we look at this sort of situation where something is ongoing, it might be a loved one who you have to live with, it might even be your spouse or your children, um, or it might be work, or your boss or a coworker you you are uh, encountering daily who's just sort of out to get you. Um, and it, it may not be changing, but when we look at this and we see this as a place um, of sanctification, as a place of being able to be with the Lord on the cross, um, an opportunity uh, to grow in holiness, uh, it doesn't make it easy. But it does, uh, it does lead to a transformation of our hearts, that when we can kind of, in that moment, um, surrender our, our wrath or our desire to get even or uh, our desire to sort of lash out to the Lord and choose good in that moment, that's, that's something that we, we merit in that moment. God gives us the grace, and we cooperate with it, but um, it, it changes us. And that, that is 
um, your holiness. You know, that's your path yeah. to holiness as it is in your life. If that's something that's ongoing, the Lord has allowed it um, as an occasion for you to grow in holiness. Yeah, might not be pleasant in the moment, but there is that kind of light at the end, that that hope there that we have that, okay, God, how are you trying to help me grow in holiness? How are you trying to help me grow in humility or in patience? But again, not necessarily easy in the moment. Our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, Father Craig DeYoung, a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, talking about how we can love our enemies, and pray for those who persecute us. And when have you had that occur in your life? When have you prayed for that person that's difficult to be around? And what, what happened? Did it help to ease the tension between the two of you? What did praying for them do for you? Did it help you to grow in that humility, to be more patient with that person? How did it impact your own faith? And how did you approach praying for someone when they really have hurt you? Our studio line that you can call in, 888 Maybe you're going through this right now and you're finding it difficult to be able to pray for that person, to want the best for them, and you'd like some encouragement, maybe some advice, and you'd like to talk with Father Craig DeYoung, 888-914-9149 or email innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, also, speaking of relevantradio.com, our website, if you haven't yet... If you haven't registered, we're giving away a beautiful outdoor nativity set, and it is uh, actually not just one of them. We're giving away 200 of these. So if you haven't signed up for that, if you haven't registered for that, go to RelevantRadio.com or click on uh, the little banner that you'll see there or on the Relevant Radio app, and you can register. We're only accepting registrations through the end of next week, October 15th. But again, 200 of these that we're going to give away, they are beautiful. They're hand-painted, valued at over $500. And we want to get them to you in time. That's why I'm talking about it here in October is because we want to get these to you, uh, nativity set, so you can have it out in front of your home throughout all of Advent, all of Christmas. And uh, it's just a way of us to give a gift to you, but also that you can talk uh, without necessarily saying words, that you can just show your neighborhood, hey, This is Merry Christmas, not just simply happy holidays from me or from our family. So again, go to RelevantRadio.com or go to the Relevant Radio app, click on that banner and register to win your own outdoor nativity set. We'll be back with more with Father Craig DeYoung as we talk about loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back, and thanks so much for listening to The Inner Life today. And how have you practiced loving your enemies and praying for those who persecute you? Is that something that's been difficult, or is it something where you actually saw as you prayed for that person, it not only helped you, 
and helped them, but it really made that change in your life, helped you to grow in charity and love for that person instead of having that bitterness towards them. It really had that change in your heart. Did it help you to grow in patience and humility? And how did you approach praying for someone when they hurt you? How did you get started? Was it something that was difficult? Is it something that right now is a difficult situation for you? You're trying to do that, but you're kind of struggling. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, and our spiritual director for this hour, Father Craig DeYoung, a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, pastor of St. Louis, King of France Parish there in Austin. And Father, uh, a lot of people calling in to talk with you. Let's go to the phones. Joan is listening to us in Fort Pierce, Florida. Hi, Joan. Thanks for calling in today. Hi there. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to share my story it's a part of my life. Uh, someone at a Catholic church who basically runs it um, just hates me, and I've actually felt the hatred. Um, and um, she's been destroying my reputation to people I've known for about 20 years, for almost 10 years now. And it has been very difficult. I was sick from it, actually. Um, and it has been a walk with Jesus, and not every moment of it, I can promise you, but uh, I could only handle it with Jesus. And uh, I remember at one point, just it just occurred to me, because the Holy Spirit does these things, you know, out of nowhere, that Jesus loves her, that he's in love with her. And I just couldn't believe it, you know, it was like, no way. But, you know, it slowly dawned, and it was painful even, that's how much pride I have, um, but I have always held on to that since it was revealed to me how much God loves her, and that probably part of her salvation depends on that it, whether I can truly love her and pray for her, you know, um, I, I, maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but just that he has sent somebody very, very difficult for me to care about, and I feel like he's asking me, you know, keep praying for her, keep praying for her and, and, and loving her even in the midst of all the pain. Joan, that is uh, a very key insight, and I think you, you, you have it just right, um, that uh, sometimes, you know, the Lord might permit such a difficult situation that you might be um, given a share in the cause of her salvation by praying for her. And um, I, I think one of the, the highlights here is that you, um, by God's grace, are able to see this person uh, through the eyes of Christ, right? That you put on the mind of Christ and, and recognizing that this person is someone who God has loved into existence. And even though they might be um, making bad choices or doing um, something awful to us, that the Lord loves this person and desires their salvation. And Joan, I just want to just encourage you and just say that 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 is such a a difficult and yet beautiful story. And uh, it seems like you've really um, been very docile to the Holy Spirit and accepting the movements that God is placing in the midst of this difficulty. Joan, thanks for calling in. And, you know, another thing that I was thinking there as I'm listening to her, she, as Joan is talking about this person and saying, okay, yeah, Jesus loves her. The other thing that I I think can happen, I know this will happen with me. If somebody does something that hurts my feelings, that, you know, they they do something, I get really self-absorbed 
at that moment. And I, I look and I say, you know, why would they do such a thing to me? And, you know, this really hurt me. This really was something that, why do, why do they have it out for me? Uh, but that getting self-absorbed, only looking inward, we don't take the moment to look and say, what might be going on in their life? Why are they acting in this manner? Is there something that really is hurting them someplace as well? And, you know, that, that changes instead of having that attitude of poor, poor me. I might look at them and say, you know, God has been so good to me and he's brought this person into my life and they obviously have something that is far, uh, a far deeper hurt, something that really, some wound in their life that's causing them to act this way. God has been so good to me that I don't have that kind of wound. I don't have that kind of hurt. And this person's taking it out on me. And God has put them in my life so that I can hopefully pray for them. You know, they, it really is hard to get away from that self-absorption, though, in those moments when somebody's hurting us. You know, I remember playing soccer as a kid, and uh, I had quite a temper. And I would um, often uh, get very angry at other uh, players for treating me badly, and um, sometimes that escalated to um, lashing out in some way. And my dad uh, would after take me aside and, and tell me, you don't, you, you know, you don't really know what's going on in that kid's life right now. Maybe his dad yelled at him right before he came to practice, or um, you know, something is happening in his life. You need to have this compassion and really think about what the other person is going through. Uh, and as I've gotten older, and now I've been a priest for, I guess, about a little over seven years, I, I, I have realized that when God sees sin, he sees pain. He sees what's beneath the surface. And uh, I've experienced that myself in my own struggles with sin, that the Lord looks on me and has revealed to me the pain that's beneath the surface in my own uh, healing journey. And I, I think um, experiencing that love of God in the midst of our own sin can be a great tool for us to then be able to put on that mind of Christ and, and to see with God's eyes what maybe other people are going through in, in their struggles. That when we see the sins, even when they're directed towards us, that maybe we can uh, think in that way and, and think about what is the what is the pain that's beneath the surface? What are the, the traumas that's experienced? And can we lift this person up to God in those things? Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Joseph who's listening in Minneapolis. Hi, Joseph. You're on the air with Father Craig DeYoung. Good afternoon, Father, or good morning. And um, It's kind of hard to talk about, I'm sorry. Um, but... Um, my, um, I'm, I'm a grandfather of, of four. Uh, the fourth one is to be born here any day now. Um, and I have not been able to deny access to my grandchildren. I think mostly as a result of um, my daughter-in-law, who I have learned, does not like me. And I think in many ways she's a good mother. She's, she's devoted. She's prayerful. Um, and she, I, I see a lot of good in her, but I'm very sad because I've learned from my son some time ago that she does not like me and that I think magnifies anything that I say or do because I certainly am flawed, but there's there's no reason to deny me access to my, my grandchildren. And it's been seven months now, and um, it's devastating. I... Um, 
So I don't mean this. Uh, woe is me because people are carrying heavier crosses, but as far as my daily life goes, it, the sorrow is overwhelming, and it's just right underneath the surface of everything else going on in my life, which, by the grace of God, I'm able to do. And I I think the last caller was really um, spot on. I try to use the suffering in a way that um, you know God can make something good of it, whether it's for their family or it's supposed to be for me, I don't know. I, But um, I uh, the only time that I'm not in pain is when I'm asleep. Joseph, uh, thank you so much for trusting us with this, because now we get to pray for you. Uh, you are carrying a tremendous burden and a, a great cross, and and in the mystery of it, we don't know why, and there's really no good words to say to make it easier, other than that God is with you in uh, carrying this cross, and there is um, a hope that somehow, um, by uniting your suffering to the Lord, that it has an, an effect uh, through God's grace uh, on your own heart, on in the hearts of your family, and maybe somehow in the mystery of salvation for your grandson as well. Um, but I'm going to pray for you, Joseph, and, I, and I'm inviting two of the listeners today on the show to pray for him and to pray for uh, the hearts of uh, the mother and, and father and, and the grandchild as well. Yeah, it just breaks my heart to hear that, Father. Um, you can hear the pain in Joseph's voice there. Uh, let me throw out the phone number again, 888-914-9149, our studio line here. As we talk about today how we love our enemies, how we pray for those who persecute us, that can happen in a variety of ways. It can happen in work situations. It can happen in our family. It can happen with people that maybe we've never even met before in just a chance encounter. And somebody can be just mean, rude, uh, whatever it is. And how do you respond to that? How have you prayed for that person even when it's been difficult? And maybe like Joseph, you're going through that right now and you'd like some encouragement. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Kathy who's listening in Westfield, New Jersey. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life. Hi, Josh and Father Craig. Um, I don't mean to candy coat any of this because it is very difficult when you are um, the victim, so to speak, of someone saying mean things about you. But what I have found out is... Um, when you when you pray, and, and in the beginning, even if it's reluctantly you're praying, like, you know, God, you know the person I'm praying for, if you do that, eventually, in time, you can get to say the name of the person who has hurt you, and you really start to pray for, their, pray for them, and the result I have found is that it is so incredibly liberating when you can finally say, Thank you, God, for taking that away from me, and I pray for that person. Because you never know what that person has gone through. They may have just found out they have cancer, or their marriage broke up, or they lost their job. So they might be kind of thrashing out at people or cutting people off in traffic. Whatever it is, it gets easier and easier if you give this to God, surrender this to Him, and, and, and trust, this works, people. This is, I am living proof of it. So it just makes you more powerful against 
against it happening again. So I just wanted to share that with everyone. It works. Believe it, it works. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate that. And you bring up a really good point of how you begin doing this, but it is something you have to do for often a while. Um, my experience has been that, that many people, they come to me and they're having trouble experiencing God's love or praying or, or they're just suffering in, in some fashion. Um, so, so often over time, I've had to, to come back and the first thing I do is, is I sort of ask if there's anyone who has hurt them that they have not yet forgiven because it seems to be that this is often the number one blocker that people are experiencing. And um, to begin that work is very difficult for people. And just getting started, even saying, sometimes saying the name of the person who has hurt them and uh, has done them a great harm, is very difficult. But uh, as, as Kathy said, you know, beginning that and slowly and, and, and surrendering those things to God and entrusting it to Him, um, you find a greater and greater freedom, a greater liberation. Uh, and, and this has been my experience time and again when people finally forgive that they feel so free, they feel so light, and they're able um, to encounter uh, gratitude and, and joy and peace uh, in a way that had been denied to them for a long time. Mm. Thanks for calling in, Kathy, and sharing. And if you'd like to call into the program, our studio line, 888-914-9149, as we talk about how we love our enemies, how we pray for those who persecute us, 888-914-9149. And I know that we have a lot of people on hold to talk with you, Father, um, so we'll continue taking phone calls here in just a moment on The Inner Life. Please stay with us. You're listening to Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, talking about how we love our enemies, how we pray for those who persecute us. And uh, before we get back to your phone calls and the conversation, I want to also mention that coming up tomorrow, it is the 150th anniversary of the apparition of Our Lady at a place in Wisconsin, uh, the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. And this happened 150 years ago. Uh, wonderful, beautiful little shrine that's out there in just the, <laughs> the the fields, the farm fields of Wisconsin. But Our Lady, she appeared in October of 1859. She identified herself as the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. And so tomorrow, Relevant Radio is going to broadcast the Apparition Anniversary Mass from the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. And that's going to be at 11 a.m. Central tomorrow. And Bishop David Ricken, the Bishop of Green Bay, he'll be the celebrant. If you normally listen to or watch the Daily Mass at noon central on Relevant Radio, uh, this will replace that. So it's one hour earlier, 11 a.m. central. And I hope you will join us. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful shrine, and it's a place where so many different healings, uh, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, healings have taken place out there, and uh, such a, uh, a very simple message from Our Lady to teach those uh, the, especially the children, the faith, 
Teach them the sign of the cross, teach them the catechism, help them know their faith. And that's part of what Relevant Radio does. We want to help people understand and know their faith better. And so we're trying to carry out that commission that Our Lady gave us there at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. So again, I hope you tune in tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central here on Relevant Radio. You can also watch the video feed of that on RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And uh, Father, before we get back to phone calls, one thing that you were talking about was forgiveness. Uh, right before the break, talked about forgiveness. Where are we having a hard time forgiving somebody? That might be that thing that really keeps us from being able to find reconciliation with somebody. But when somebody has hurt us, when there's that deep, deep hurt, I mean, something significant that they've done, and we find it really hard or nearly impossible to forgive them on our own strength, what's a good place to start? Do we ask for the Holy Spirit's help in that moment? Do we? Is there a, a specific prayer you might recommend that you pray? Um, is there a saint that you'd look at as an example? Um, all of the above? I, <laughs> where do we go? Where do we start? That's a great question. I, I found actually in my counsel for others that the most um, helpful place seems to be uh, the cross. And um, at the cross, I, I recommend to people to pray with the seven last words of our Lord. And I find each of them to be very particularly helpful as you pray uh, through um, this this place of unforgiveness or you're trying to forgive. Um, but I, I recommend people to begin with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That, that phrase that the Lord says on the cross, um, because nothing more tragic and more evil has happened in, in history than um, God comes to man and man crucifies God, right? And, and so... Um, he in that moment really acknowledges, I think, uh, all that is taking place. And, and, and even though he never believes the lie, right, that God is not his father and he is not the son, he has all these human emotions, um, never giving over to sin in any way. Uh, but he it just allows himself to feel all that he's experiencing in that moment. And I think we have that permission, too. And slowly working through these things, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother, like to invite Mary into this, especially Our Lady of Sorrows, um, the promise that um, today you shall be with me in paradise, that as we surrender ourselves to him and acknowledge him as Lord, um, there's a, a hope that's there. Uh, of course, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. Uh, there's a moment in that to, to sort of surrender this and say, I'm not going to hold vengeance for myself. I'm going to entrust it to God and then forgive with the Lord. Um, you know, desire of the Lord, he says, I thirst, right, that we thirst for faith, we thirst for righteousness, we thirst that things would be made right. Um, it is finished, right, that uh, persevering with this to the end of faithfulness and, and uh, just sort of um, entrusting everything to the God. And then lastly, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit to finally surrender the thing that we're, we're wrestling with to the Lord. And I find that to be a very helpful process. Um, a particular saint, I really like St. Maria Goretti. Um, oh, okay, you know, she has sure. a lot to be, be very uh, um, resentful for, and yet um, she's a great witness to us of forgiveness, I think. Yeah, I would think St. John Paul II as well, you know, met oh, with course, the yeah. man who tried to assassinate him and offered that forgiveness to him as well. Um, and, right. and that man was there at his canonization. So, yeah, that, that's a, a beautiful uh, story of somebody who obviously wanted the death of our, our former pope and ended up coming to into the church and had that experience of salvation. 
Father, let's go back to the phone. Stephanie's listening in Austin, Texas. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for calling into the inner life. Stephanie, you there? All right. Hi. Well, oh, there you are. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> go ahead. Hi, You're on the sorry. air. Father Craig, we miss you in Fleurville. Just wanted to say oh, hi. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm calling because um, you're asking for stories about where you've had to pray uh, for another person, and I'm a teacher. And I was a teacher at a particular school uh, close to Austin for about 10 years. I had a great relationship with the administration, and then a new principal came in. The new principal um, just was very difficult to deal with. Um, did a lot of things for the teachers that made our life very difficult. Uh, he took away a class of mine that I had been working really hard at to teach. And for a teacher, that's sort of very devastating. And I went to go talk to him and ask him, you know, let him know that this, like, is really upsetting. And his response to me was basically, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Um, and so it just kind of really spoiled my my um, my excitement for the year. And I developed um, this hatred for him and that's not a it was a really bad feeling to have I don't like feeling hatred towards another person um it's very heavy and so I would just dread going to school every day and having to work in this environment um and I'm sure you know other people can probably relate towards other you know even in other industries you've had to work for someone who you just really really don't care for um so I remember sitting in a meeting and I remember he was talking and and it just like it made me um, physically sick to hear him speak. And I was like, I don't like feeling like this. So I um, I started praying the Hail Mary. And I had been so concentrated on what he was doing towards me. I, at that moment, I felt called to pray specifically for him, which is a really hard thing for me to do at the moment because I felt, you know, all of these negative feelings towards him. So I started to pray for him. And um, I did start to feel better about it. And then immediately after the meeting, um, I had another teacher come up to me and ask what she could do to help me. Could she give me one of her classes, um, the the class that I was teaching? And, you know, nothing changed, but um, it was just very interesting how immediately after I started praying for him, something good happened um, that made um you know, made it all okay. And so, you know, he didn't necessarily change, but my outlook towards him and the school changed. And um, I think that was the first moment, that it was the first time that I had prayed for, for something and then something immediately happened. And it just really kind of opened up my eyes towards the power of prayer. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I certainly miss you all in Pflugerville as well. Um, you know, I'd have to say one of the things that sticks out to me is how strong our emotions really are, especially in the pain and the hurt. I, I know I've experienced that myself where I've even lost appetite or been so angry I could barely think. And um, one of the biggest challenges, of course, is not letting your emotions um, rule you. Uh, but rather letting God's Spirit rule you. And, uh, you know, I think one of the hardest things is to lean into prayer when you feel that way. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it does happen that the Lord gives us a beautiful confirmation um, of things of forgiveness that, you know, other places uh, the doors do open at times. But it's also not vending machine Jesus where you put in your Hail Mary and you get out of it every time uh, something better. So that, that doesn't necessarily always happen. Um, but sometimes the Lord does uh, give us a confirmation that we're on the right track uh, and help us in those ways.
Thanks for calling in, Stephanie. And Father, uh, we're down to just a last minute and a half or so here. Um, if somebody is wanting to have some other resources, I mean, we've got so many people who had called in and we just don't have time to take their calls right now. But if there's some place that they could turn and say, how do, I, how do I work through this? Is there a book you might recommend or the life of a saint that they might turn to, uh, something that they could meditate upon? You know, I really do, um, in my own healing journey, I've been helped greatly by Dr. Bob Schutz from the the John Paul II uh, Healing Center, and uh, he has a book called Be Healed, and uh, he has a couple other books as well, The Healing Power of the Sacraments, Be Transformed, uh, these sorts of things. But Be Healed has been my primary text for finding healing uh, in the traumas or the wounds of life or the, the harms that others have done to me, perhaps, or have done to myself. And it seems to be one of the most helpful books. It really helps um, to provide a framework on how to think about um, sin and about uh, trauma and about the pain that's there uh, and how to get to the point of forgiving uh, people who have hurt us. Well, Father, uh, the hour just flew right by, and uh, we'll have to revisit this topic again in the future. In about the last 20 seconds that we have here, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude today's show? Almighty God and Father, we lift to your minds and hearts, uh, praising you and thanking you for your goodness, that you are a good Father, that you love us as your sons and daughters. And so we ask for your blessing upon all of our listeners. Most especially, we do lift it up to you, those who are suffering and hurting in any way and seeking to forgive those who have done harm or are doing harm to them. We ask you, Almighty God, to pour forth your graces and blessings, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Craig DeYoung, our spiritual director today. And, of course, the podcast will be available later this afternoon at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Father Rocky coming up next with Mass.